Hey guys, it's Christopher from the Black Lagoon, and we're welcoming you back to Season 2 of the Monster Talk Podcast. But before we start that, here's a shout-out to some of our friends and sponsors. First off, Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company, located in Merrimack, New Hampshire, is where we and our friends and podcast family members Road Soda record. The brewery self-distributes in the southern New Hampshire area and has a tap room and beer garden you can visit. For a list of where the beers are available and taproom hours, go to ableebenezer.com. Greetings, Reanimator Rob here. Road Soda is a weekly podcast hosted by Mike, the head brewer and co-founder of Able Ebenezer Brewing Company, and Brendan, distributor for Able Ebenezer and founder of The Litter Crew. They discuss current events, have interesting conversations, all while reviewing a beer. They drink while you drive. Check them out every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, all my ghosts and ghouls, it's Meg the Mortician here, reminding you to not litter. One of my many hats that I wear is the event coordinator for the New Hampshire Litter Crew. Find our social media at NH Litter Crew on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow our Facebook page to find out about our next Litter Crew event coming near you. and warlocks out there welcome back it is season two of the monster talk podcast it is episode 16 and today we will be talking about the original 1977 suspiria by dario agento here i am again with my hosts reanimator rob and meg the mortician so guys, we had a couple of weeks off. How you got? How have you guys been haunting your houses lately? What have you been watching? <laughs> have you been scaring the neighbors? Do you have any Halloween decorations still up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to take my Christmas stuff down, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'll leave the tree up till next year. Um, so I, I've been doing some pretty cool watching. Um, there was a uh, a show called uh, a movie called Better Watch Out. It's a, like a Christmas horror movie and. That was really good. It, the, the kind of this quick pr- plot. Um, it's about a, a babysitter and 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 the kid she's babysitting. They're both getting like stalked by an intruder, like in a home invasion at the house. But then like it takes this big twist, and it's really good. Um, I watched all the Shutter Behind the Monsters, and that was really informative. Like I especially like there were some things even about Nightmare on Elm Street that I didn't know, and, and Candyman, and and just I mean. It, Friday the 13th, I, I knew all the ins and outs of that and pretty much Halloween, but like Hellraiser and and, and uh, Child's Play, like it was it was really informative. Like there was definitely a lot of things that I, I didn't realize about. So it was uh, highly recommended. Hmm. Um, the other thing is Netflix has like this limited series <coughs> called Catching Killers. I think it's only like four episodes and it's basically... Um, one is about Eileen Eileen Warnos. I watched those as well. I yeah. think I stopped after Eileen Warnos. And then, yeah, after that, and then I think the first one was I forget the f- oh it was the Green River Killer, and and then last two was like about the Happy Face Killer, and oh. it's like a a double episode, and that was pretty interesting. Um, and then I watched um, Orgasmo on Shutter just because the name got my attention. That was basically like this 
soft core like Italian horror porn movie, which <laughs> like was very bizarre. When when I heard you say that, I'm like, is that the Trey Parker and Matt Stone? <laughs> <laughs> I know with Ron Jeremy. Um, oh my. Um, and then I, I watched the um, Inferno, uh, 1980, and that's I guess the sequel to Suspiria. Yes. And I really liked that. Um, and then I also watched um, a documentary about the Times Square killer in like 1970s. He, they also called him the Torso. Um, killer because it started in at a hotel room in Times Square where they found two bodies that had their hands were removed um, and they were decapitated oh. and they um, and then they set the hotel room on fire and so the the fire department came to and you know to respond to the fire and then they found the two bodies and one of them is still unidentified yeah and then the first um, the the first victim her name is uh, Dita. Uh, trying to remember Odita Godarzi and um, when they showed her picture Mm. it looked very similar to the Lady of the Dunes and she also had her hands removed and was nearly decapitated but then the other thing that I thought was really interesting is in the hotel room in Times Square the one of the victims clothes was neatly piled in the tub and in the Lady of the Dunes I her? believe her jeans were neatly folded beneath her under her head or her, something. Almost you severed know? head, and like, it was around the same time. And this guy, the serial killer, and this um, his name is Richard Cottingham, and he did confess to a bunch of other killings. Um, but I was just like, oh my god, I have to report this. Yeah, it it <laughs> sounds very similar to like the Cleveland torso killer. That was, but. He like specifically targeted like homeless people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that wasn't very cool. But it's similar. Yeah, so I, I'm like, I'm gonna put in a tip, and I totally <clears> do, because <throat> I don't know. I'm like, you never know. And, Seriously. And, and then um, I've been reading an awful lot about this Virginia shopping cart serial killer. Apparently, they, I think they've identified him, and but his like mo was he kills you and then puts your body in a shopping cart, and yeah. Wow. So just like, been been really like watching some good stuff no yeah that sounds great (laughs) how about you guys so you know me just chugging along with bones um i hit an episode where uh actually robert england was in it in an episode he played a creepy janitor and like even in the show they were like oh very freddy like so i then was like you know what i should probably watch um a nightmare on elm street i've never watched the original and I, I watched the original and I watched the sequel and yeah, I super awesome. creepy. Definitely love the classics. Um, I think I told you guys like the first scene where you see him and his arms are like super long. Yeah. That one, I was kind of like, he kind of looks more ridiculous because like the way it's Comical. balanced. Yeah. I was like, the arm thing didn't scare me, but Freddy's still super scary. Um, and then the second movie, I was like, mm, time for a sexy poo party. I know. But <laughs> I'm so glad that you watched those. Yeah. yeah I know. I want to keep making my way down, like, all through the sequels and stuff. So I'm going to try to do that yeah. more each Did week. Did you watch up to three, right? Oh, no. I just made it to number two. Okay. But I'll I, definitely check out three. Three is, I think, a fan favorite of yeah. all of them. It, it, it really, it's like, so... One is classic. Yeah. Two is it's P- 
people love it or hate it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was a great movie, regardless. Yeah. yeah. But three is what really brought back the series. Okay. As far as giving Freddy more of an identity, and it just brought a lot more to the franchise as far as, you know, like... I don't know. I would say like how the dreams work and how he kills and doing one-liners and you know yeah. what I mean? Being a smart ass while taking out teenagers. <laughs> yeah. And then I, like four is a continuation of three. And then, I like four too. And then after four, I'm just like, ugh, five is a hit or miss, still a cool movie. And then, yeah, um, I was very enamored with, um, Kim Myers, who plays um, Lisa Weber. She, yeah. I just found her so beautiful. She is pretty. She's so yeah. pretty. I couldn't look away from her. I don't know. I was very enamored with her. Yeah. <laughs> In the second I, one. I, I, and speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, you had shown me something that you had recently acquired. Yeah, Walmart for $7.88 has a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 t-shirt. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Which I'm like, wow. <laughs> but you said it was like the only... Like graphic t shirt and like. No, no, no. They had like other graphic t shirts. It was like Mickey Mouse and (laughs) Mustangs and stuff and like other. But the only horror movie t shirt they had was Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I'm like, this is random, but I love this. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. It was like that or Cobra Kai. And I was like, no. Cobra Kai is like so popular now. (laughs) I know. I I know. I binge watched that. I just finished it last night. Nice. So. For me, after Meg was saying that she was watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I was just one of those nights where Casey like falls asleep on the couch, and I'm like still wide awake. I'm like, I, I, I okay, I don't want her to miss this show because we're watching a show. I'll tell you about the show in a minute. But I turned on Tubi, and they had Nightmare. It was weird. They had they had Nightmare on Elm Street one, two, three, and five. Well, that's I weird. Think. Yeah, there's no four's not in it for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's such a Netflix. But I do. love that. <laughs> oh, I know. But I yeah. love Tubi. It's like our my new favorite. Yeah. Tubi. So I don't have to rent on Amazon Prime every time I need to watch a movie <laughs> no. for the podcast. Yeah, Tubi, and then we have Canopy, which means okay. But anyway, I watch those two movies, and then um, we started watching. We watched and finished uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, oh. the first by Mike season. Flanagan. The, the first whole, the whole or, series. Oh, okay. It's, I haven't it's more watched, of a limited series. I haven't but, watched the second uh, part, but yeah. So, nice. So the first, first one. It's, so it's directed by Mike Flanagan. He directed Doctor Sleep, the sequel to, um, to The Shining. Great movie. And then um, he also oh. directed the Midnight Mass series. Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched Midnight Mass yet, but I've heard good things. Yes, me too. I liked Midnight Mass a lot. Um, Haunting of Hill House, great series. Right. Did not enjoy the ending. I was pissed when it's, that ended. Yeah. I was like, it was kind of lame, but still a great show to watch. Just, just don't let that. I hate right. when they cheese but out some on people, the end. But Casey's like, but I like the ending. I'm like, <laughs> I am mad at the characters. Um, so now we're starting Bly Manor. It's okay that so far. That one I haven't I'm, I'm, seen yet. But... I'm, I'm, letting, I'm, I'm giving it some hope. So. Right. So, you know, yeah. at least I got that going. Uh, the Lost Boys is on Netflix. Um, so I just happened to watch that because why not? Yeah, but, it's you know. There. It's one less thing yeah. you can have to do. Put it a disc in the player. Yeah. All I know is, I'll, uh, you know, it took me a long time to look at Lomain the same. When um, that scene, he's like, you're eating <laughs> worms, Michael. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Maggots. You're eating yes. maggots. Oh. Yeah. One of on us. The... <laughs> one of us. I'll yeah. on the fried rice. Drink the blood. <laughs> Drink the blood. <laughs> But other than but, that, it's just been 
you know, just, just working. And uh, I've also been redoing a bubble hockey table. <gasps> oh, how's that going? Uh, good. I finally finished the first team, which is the Detroit Red Wings. But my favorite team, the Boston Bruins, I'm working on them now. But I have to get new paint because the first round of paints that I got were, like, cheap for the colors I need for the Bruins. And it just, like, I so along with the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 shirt, I get found some good paint, acrylic paint to use. Oh, oh good. So. It's, it's a work in progress. I love going to Walmart where you need something, but then you also happen to find oh, some things. They also still have boxes of Monster Mash cereal, <gasps> Ooh. which oh. tastes like Berry Berry Kicks with marshmallows, yeah. which is fantastic. Oh, if yeah. If anyone needed a descriptor for that. I, my favorite is when um, Goulade is out. <laughs> like the, it's like it. a dark purple purple blue it's called Goulade. it's still got the kool-aid man on it but it's <laughs> all I, right next october i'll have to bring some in for the podcast I try to stay away from the great flavored drinks not because i don't like them but they change my poop into a green color all right we didn't need to it's that. because of black dye <laughs> or i know listeners out there there's i'm not the only one so one time i had me and my friend made cupcakes and we made black frosting and then I had like emerald green poop. <laughs> so, but okay. So Chris is Chris discussion. is like wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> shitty discussion. All right. Sorry. Okay. To turn a leaf onto uh some Sorry. some different topics. <laughs> let's get to the autopsy report with reanimator Rob. This is Reanimator Rob. So in case you haven't heard, and, and um, by the time this podcast comes out, um, it's already going to be in theaters, but Scream is in theaters January 14th. It's directed by Matt beninelli Olpin and Tyler Gillette and written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Busick. It's the fifth installment in the Scream film, film series, though Bill does a relaunch of the film series. The film is a direct sequel to Scream 4 that was that came out in 2011. The first is this is the first in the series not to be directed by Wes Craven, who died in 2015, and uh, stars your usual suspects: Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Marley Shelton, and Roger L. Jackson. And uh, they they filmed it in Wilmington, North Carolina, from September to November 2020, and it was it's about a one hour and 54 minutes. So not a bad watch. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Nice. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah. And uh, another film coming to Amazon Prime January 14th is Deep Water. Uh, it's an erotic psychological thriller film directed by Adrian Lin. This is Lin's return to filmmaking since 2002's Unfaithful. And the plot is a well-to-do husband allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce, becomes a prime suspect when her lovers start disappearing. Interesting. Kind of, yeah, and it apparently it's based on the 1957 novel of the same name by Patricia Highsmith. The screenplay is by Zach Helm and Sam Levinson. And it stars Ben Affleck and Anna D. Armas with Tracy Lutz, Rachel Blankard, and Lil Rel. Howery and it's 
a little bit of a longer film at two hours and 33 minutes. Yeah. Cool. And I, it might be on Hulu. It seemed like there was some back and forth on whether Hulu was going to do it, but it's definitely on Amazon Prime. Um, next, another January 14th release, and this one sounds really good, Archive 81. And it's a brand new series. The plot of Archive 81 centers on Dan Turner, an archivist who takes a mysterious job restoring a collection of damaged videotapes from 1994 and finds himself reconstructing the work of a documentary filmmaker, Melody Pendris, and her investigation into a dangerous cult. As Dan is drawn into Melody's story, he becomes convinced he can save her from the terrifying end she met 25 years ago. It's loosely inspired by the podcast of the same name. The two series leads for Netflix Archive 81 are Mamadou Athi and Dina Shababi. Athi will play Dan Turner, the archivist, and Shababi will portray Melody Pendris. Nice. Rebecca Sonnenshine from The Boys and Vampire Diaries will serve as the showrunner, while James Wan from Aquaman and The Conjuring will be an executive producer on the project along with his production company Atomic Monsters Productions. And Netflix Stranger Things director Rebecca Thomas is tapped to direct four episodes, including the pilot, and will serve as executive producer as well and it's um one hour episodes and they're starting off season one with eight of them that's cool i love cult shit i don't know why but i love it (laughs) yeah i loved um i watched the documentaries about like uh jonestown and waco oh jonestown yeah right waco was very good Mm -hmm. um and also if you're a fan of the two sentence horror stories the fourth season of two sentence horror stories starts january 16th on cw the anthology series uh, begins with the new, th- with the new season, with a story called Crush, and it's about um, twin sisters Mabel and Jane um, living amongst their horde of forgotten memories, and they're at each other's throats until they find a common em- enemy. And I think I just said all that in three sentences, but <laughs> uh, that's okay. This but, is an English class. <laughs> but last but not least, so. This is a fun one. Are you bored to death playing the same old ho-hum board games? Well, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the game, is coming down a chimney near you in 2022. Ooh. Wonder Wheel Entertainment has partnered with the premier horror merchandise retailer, Fright Rags, to develop the board game based on Wonder Wheel's 1984 horror film. A Kickstarter campaign was launched by Fright Rags to raise the funds necessary to make it all come to life. They raised approximately sixty thousand dollars so far, and um, their goal, initial goal, was twenty thousand, which wow. is sweet. Um, it includes a double-sided board for twice the chills. Nice. You can play the nice side when you want to be good for Santa, or be naughty and turn it into a drinking game. It features multiple kill zones based on the movie and character-based game pieces such as Mr. Sims, Sister Margaret, and Billy Chapman. Other features include a kill spinner that determines who kills who, a thirty-card deck three different dies, an Officer Barnes save badge, and snowballs, which represent each player's life in the game. One to four players, 17 plus, and of course, if you're drinking, it's 21 plus, bitches. Mm. <laughs> and th- right now, they're, they're saying it's about 35 bucks, but it looks wicked fun. No, yeah, yeah that sounds cool awesome. I'll have to look out for that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of ads from Fright Rags to donate for the cause. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a Monster Talk game night when it comes out. I know, That'd right? be so much fun, and it looks very... Easy to play, and but there's also with that spinner, you never know what how you're gonna land. Right. And, and, so it looks fun. Yeah, Fright Rags is 
they're up there and with getting such cool um such cool things made for like horror movies yeah. from lunch boxes to like Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the male girl action figures for like <laughs> like every last drive-in thing that comes around so yeah. they've been very creative and definitely very uh giving to the horror community as far as things to purchase to for our wants and <clears throat> needs and enjoyment so thank you guys at Fright Rags for doing that yeah, yeah. thanks Fright Rags so for all the listeners out there um so we decided to mix around our our show a little bit change it up a little bit for you guys and instead of just going straight to more um segments we're gonna go right into our movie tonight to review and of course that movie for us this week is suspiria now we chose about 15 movies and all but one got picked and uh we let rob pick the first one for this season and he chose suspiria so a little bit about suspiria if you guys have not seen it before uh, it was made in 1977. It's rated R and has a time of one hour and 32 minutes. Uh, it was directed by the great Dario Argento. Uh, he also, uh, of course, directed movies such as Deep Red, Phenomena, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which we'll uh, have a throwback at when we <laughs> talk about our facts, and Opera, of course, and many more as well. It was directed by Dario, Dario Argento. He wrote the screenplay along with Dario Nicolodi, who also um, helped with the Black Cat in Inferno. She is also in this movie, uncredited at the airport in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas De Quincey. He wrote the book Suspiria de Profundis. Also, he Inferno, the Black Cat, and Mother of Tears. Hmm. So for your cast, your, your main protagonist, of course, is Susie Banyan, played by Jessica Harpa. Uh, wow, that was so Massachusetts. Jessica Harper, <laughs> for all those not from the area. Um, <laughs> she was in um, Phantom of the Opera. No, I'm sorry, Phantom of the Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Shock Treatment and Minority Report. And for you people who don't know Shock Treatment, that is the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. Yes, and we talked about that. Yeah. Crazy that she was in both Phantom of the Paradise and uh, Shock Treatment. Right. And she's basically Janet. Because you know she's basically like Susan Sarandon's role in that shock treatment. Mm. They did, yeah. All right. So now then we have Sarah, who was played by Stefania Cassini. She was in the movies 1900, The Golden Mass, and Lotano the Dove. A lot of Italian movies. <laughs> You're gonna hear that a lot in this one, uh, with giallos especially. And this is our first giallo that we're actually Ooh. reviewing. So yeah. I'm glad, Meg, was, this is your first giallo, My right? My first giallo. And Excellent. I did try to watch um, that documentary on Shudder that you recommended. I did watch the most of it, but then I kind of... It's hard to keep up with the um, subtitles because it's in oh, yeah. Italian and they talk so fast. So, <laughs> but. It's, it's called All the Colors of Giallo. <laughs> that, by the way, that's the yes. name of... Maybe it's on Shudder. Uh, check it out if you want a little more info about um, about Jalo specifically. Yes, but it, it did help me a little bit. Yeah, it will give away some plots from what I watched um, and some spoilers in there. <clears> but <throat> if you love Jalo and you really want to get a little more information, watch that. So, back to our cast. We have uh, Daniel, who's played by Flavio Bucci. He was also in Property Is No Longer a Theft, Lugabu, and Il Divo. Mark by Miguel Bose. Uh, he was in the movies High Heels, Lorca, and Star Night. And apparently he's a popular Spanish New Wave pop singer and songwriter. Excellent. <laughs> like a really big one. I oh. Guess, so. <laughs> well, he's got quite the resume. <laughs> yeah. 
Olga, who's played by Barbara Magnolfi. She was in The Sister of Ursula, The Suspicious Death of a Minor, in Death Sember. Wow. Mm. Sonia, played by Susanna Javicoli. She was in The Long Night. Um, Pat Hingle, who you will hear a lot about in the beginning of this movie. Um, she was played by Eva Axon. She was in Orpheus 9 in This is the Night. Professor Milius by Rudolf Schuller. Schuller. Uh, he was also Carl in The Exorcist. Yeah, pretty so, cool. Yeah. So, yes, he was in The Exorcist and The Testament of Dr. Mabuse. Dr. Frank Mandel was played by Udo Kier. He was in the movies Flesh for Fra- Frankenstein, Blood for Dracula, and he was in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, as Ron <laughs> Camp. No way. Yes way. <laughs> Miss Tanner, played by Alita Valley. Uh, she was in The Third Man, Eyes Without a Face, which actually celebrated a birthday yesterday, I believe, in oh. The Paradigm Case. So what's funny about her is um, I guess she's she was like one of the biggest stars of Italian film during the fascist era, and she was once coined, quote, the most beautiful woman in the world by Benito Mussolini. See, she reminded me of the... The, like, um, Russian woman in 51st States. Apparently, she was the Greta Garbo <laughs> of Europe for her time. Okay. Which was like, wow. Yeah, so I just... honestly thought she was the other lady. Yeah. <laughs> but she was great. Yeah. Not that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now we're on to Madame Blanc by Joan Bennett. Uh, she was in Manhart, Manhunt, Dark Shadows, The Vampire Curse, and The Woman on the Beach. Is that the Lady of the Dunes reference? <laughs> <laughs> um, Albert, who's played by Jacopo Mariani. He's the little boy oh, that you see in mm-hmm. the movie. He's so fucking um, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. <laughs> Creepy's also in the movie Deep Red. Ooh, um, I know. And The Voyage into the Whirlpool has begun. That's nice. a, such an interesting title. Um, ta- the Taxi Driver in the beginning of the movie. Um, Fulvio <coughs> Mingozzi. He's done a lot with Giallos and does a lot of work with Dario Gento. He's also in Deep Red, Phenomena, and Warriors of the Wasteland. Professor Vertigast is played by Renato Scarpa. He's in Don't Look Now, We Have a Pope, and the talented Mr. Ripley. Hmm. And Pablo uh, is played by Giuseppe Transochi. He's in the movies Black, Juice, Black Jesus and Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. Wow. <laughs> so music was done by Dario Gento and the band Goblin. They've also done movies, uh, done music for the movies Deep Red. The, of course, in America, we know it as Dawn of the Dead by um, George Romero, also known <coughs> as Zombie in, the U- in, sorry, in Europe. Um, they also did the music for Tenebre and, um, or Tenebre and um, Phenomena. I can't speak today. <laughs> Jesus. All good. So our synopsis for this movie. An American girl arrives in Germany to attend a prestigious ballet school. Little does she know that the school has something sinister happening behind its walls. Mm. I think that's a pretty good... Uh, yeah. Right to the... Uh, right to the point there. Right to the you know, with that here. synopsis. Yeah, definitely. So before we start our full review, we're going to go over some fun facts for you guys. Sure. So... Um, I actually started now all my fun facts. I'm putting them in a specific order, so that way they're more organized. Another way we're fixing the podcast, making yeah. it we're tightening the ship here. Me too. <laughs> yes. So Suspiria means to sigh or side, but it also possibly means whispered, as it has something to do with the difference in the Italian and Spanish language stemming from the Latin root. 
Cool. So I think it really means more of the whispers. I feel like it does that with the music in, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And so. Goblin has a song in the soundtrack called Sighs. And, um, and there's also another reference to Sighs from the Depths in Latin. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So as Rob, as you, you've talked about earlier, um, Inferno being the sequel, this film was the first part with Inferno in 1980 and Mother of Tears in 2007 of a trilogy of movies about the three mothers. So cool. So I'm going to have to watch Inferno again and then find Mother of Tears if I can. Same here. Uh, the film is set in Freiburg, also known as Freiburg in Breisgau, uh, in Germany. But in the English dub, the narrator mispronounces it as Freiburg. By the way, Dario Agento. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a different town in Switzerland. Despite the setting, location filming was done in Munich. And several Munich landmarks are visible in the fil- film, including... Um, Koenig spots where David, where Daniel walks his dog at night, and the BMW tower where Susie meets the professor. Now, to all our German and Deutsch listeners out there, <laughs> um, you guys are probably laughing your asses off at me right now. So I hope you're having a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, the exterior of the dance academy, though constructed on a studio lot in Rome, is based on the House Zum Walfisch or the Whale House, a landmark in late Gothic, uh, and a landmark late Gothic building in the old town of Freiburg in Breisgau, Germany. Director Dario Gento's original idea for this movie was that the ballet school would accommodate young girls no older than 12 years. However, the studio and producer Salvatore Argento, his father, denied his request because a film this violent involving children would almost certainly be banned. Mm. Dario raised the age limit of the girls to 20 years, but it did not rewrite the script. Hence the naivety of the characters and the occasionally childlike dialogue. He also put all of the doorknobs about the same height as the actresses' heads so they would have to raise their arms in order to open the doors, just like children. That's so fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. after writing the notes and watching the movie again, yeah. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you get a different sense and feel for watching the movie. Seriously. And I hope you guys get this feel the same way when you guys hear us talk about, you know, all these things about the movie and mm. hearing us talk about it and then watching it for yourselves. Uh, the film was designed to resemble an acid trip. This is partly why Dario Gento wanted to film it in Germany to accent all the expressionistic fairy tale aspects. This was achieved by shooting on outmoded tech- Technicolor stock. Director Dario Gento had cinematographer Luciano Tavoli watch Snow Wright in The Seven Dwarfs from 1937 to have him model the color scheme of that film for this one. I noticed this a lot too, mm. now rewatching it. Hmm. It is often assumed that to achieve the rich color palette, the film was not, well, I'm sorry, the film was shot using the outdated three strip Technicolor process. This was in fact not true. No film made after the early 1950s was shot using this method. This film was instead shot on normal Eastman color Kodak stock, then printed using the three step Technicolor process, utilizing one of the last remaining three strip machines. This issue has been confused somewhat by the fact that on the 20th anniversary documentary featured in the three-disc DVD set, a discussion of the printing process by cinematographer Luciano Tavoli was followed by a diagram showing a three-strip camera. After completing the specialized color work on this production, Technicolor Rome reportedly dismantled their remaining three-strip equipment. Oh. So this could have been one of the last ones. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. And and then they were also <clears throat> talking about the, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like the, they call it the imbibition process. And I guess it's used for, it was used for the Wizard of Oz in Gone with the Wind to create a much more vivid um, color rendition uh, with kind of just enhancing those like nightmarish qualities. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Um, now we get into some of the uh, actors and actresses. Originally, the film was going to star Daria Nicolodi, who was director Dario Gento's girlfriend at the time, and who also wrote the screen- screenplay. Nicolodi ultimately did appear in the film twice. Oops, I forgot one. She can be glimpsed in the film's opening sequence that shows Susie walking through the airport, and she also provides the gravelly voice of Helen- Helena Marcos. Nice. According to Daria Nicolodi, the lead role in the film was written for her, but the studio insisted that the American actress be cast for the lead to make the film more marketable. Well, you know, you know, she's in a bunch of other. She's actually, you know, in a bunch of other um, Dario Argento movies. Oh, for sure. So that's okay. You get to see her in other movies if you're you're a Daria Nicolodi (laughs) fan. Um, so Dario, I'm sorry, director Dario Argento casts Jessica Harper as the lead after seeing Harper's debut performance in Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise from 1974. According to Harper, since the film was going to be dubbed after principal photography, sound was rarely recorded during shooting. Harper remarked that it was strange for, to her to be in the middle of a shooting, of shooting a scene and hearing the background sound of a stagehand hammering away on another set in the studio. Uh. Um Jessica also said that many of the actors spoke different languages during shooting, uh, mostly Italian and German, and it would make communicating difficult at times. However, since the film would be dubbed into English for American release, it was deemed not to be such an issue during filming. Rudolf Schundler, the West German actor who played the role of Professor Milius, uh, could not speak any English or Italian. So in the scene where he talks with Jessica Harper, Susie, about witches, she could not understand him as he was speaking in German. <laughs> Harper later quoted that she tried very hard to keep a straight face and not flub her lines, and that also he would lightly tap on one of her legs with his foot just out of frame to cue her to speak when he was done finishing his own lines. That's so oh, neat. Okay. Crazy, right? Yeah. There's, there's a way they to made do it stuff. Work? That must have been so interesting, like just with all the different languages. Another funny thing, too, um, Udo Kier's appearance was so rushed for him that he had little time to completely read the script when it was given to him. Since the movie was filmed without sound and was later dubbed, a crew person lying on the ground behind the stone bench where he was sitting in a scene with Jessica Harper was telling him his lines as he gave them to her. Wow. (laughs) Dario Geno was always disappointed that the Italian audiences never got to hear Jessica Harper's real voice Mm. as she was dubbed for the domestic market. He was very fond of her voice. Mm, She does have a nice, soothing voice. Mm. And that was a very Syrian de Bergiac with that, you know like reading the lines from behind a, a bench. <laughs> so um, Joan Bennett's partner, later husband, David Wilde was a fan of Argento's, the bird with the crystal plumage. And it was from 1970. And it was his urging that Bennett agreed to appear as Madame Blanc, despite her objections to the violence in films at the time. Besides Wilde's admiration was the all expenses paid trip to Italy. Bennett, however, immediately regretted having said yes. After finding the Italian filmmaking process, slow and disorganized. One day in preparing for a scene which she had only one line, Bennett reported to the studio, had her hair and makeup done, got in a costume, all by 12.30 p.m. But then it was five hours before the scene was actually shot. The one consolation was getting to know fellow cast member Alita Valley, who befriended Bennett and Wilde, introducing them to the excellent and little-known restaurants. This was the final film for Joan Bennett. Oh, wow. She was very glamorous in this movie, I thought. I agree. for sure. Um, She's Eva, the madam. Sorry. <laughs> so, so Eva Axon, um, who played the part as Pat Hingle, had to stay on the set over one week to complete her scenes. Wow. 
Director wow. Dario Gento composed the creepy music with the band Goblin and played it at full blast on set to unnerve <laughs> the actors and elicit a truly sac- scared performance. Goblin's score was composed before the film was even shot. Such a good... Right? Such a good like. Is soundtrack. this the first movie that has had Goblin soundtrack that we've reviewed? Sorry, I, I wasn't... so. I wasn't sure, but yeah, because but I I felt it that I, I, they're very impactful. They're their, like, their music. This album is on my Halloween uh, soundtrack that I have when oh, Halloween. Oh, nice! It's so good. Nice. Um, the voice heard whispering on the bizarre soundtrack by Goblin is that of Goblin band member Claudio Simonetti. Simonetti stated in interviews that much of what he whispers on the music score <clears> was just gibberish. Kind of reminds me of um, um, Black Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> with the phone call. Billy. Oh, yeah. Agnes. Dari- <laughs> so, fun fact, um, Dario Argento's face can be seen reflected on the taxi's glass partition in the opening sequence. Assumed by many people to have been a mistake coming from a rush shot, Argento has gone on record to say it was intentional. Ooh. Oh, nice. I'll have to rewatch that part. While watching, I'm sorry, while shooting a scene where they swim in the pool, director Dario Argento instructed the actresses to stir the pool waters as little as possible to give the scene a more tranquil look. For any of the wide shots with maggots falling, the crew would drop grains of rice down on the actresses from above. That was a gross part. <laughs> yes, we'll talk more about that. The Latin phrase mentioned in the original Italian version, uh, quotum semper quotum ubique quotum ab omnibus creditum est, translates as always everywhere, some are believed by all. A glass feather is plucked from the ornament, Director Dario Gento's feature film debut was directing the bird with the crystal plumage. So you'll see uh, a bird statue resembling that that bird from the movie. A good Easter egg. Yes. See, they had Easter eggs back in the 70s. For sure. (laughs) Dario Gento deliberately wanted the opening number to be very shocking as it would undermine the audience's expectations and they wouldn't have any idea what was coming next. I'd say he did a good job of that. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Can confirm. Um, Barbara Magnolfi has revealed in subsequent years that her belief that Olga was a young witch in training, hence hence her interest in Susie, and revealed a scripted but unfilmed scene where Olga performed with the Bolshoi the night the students, students were in town. It was ultimately cut because it interrupted the pacing of the film's climax. So there was more to the film, but... Of course. Yeah. Uh, the Dario Agento biography, Broken Mirrors, Broken Minds, takes its title from the line that Udo Kiris is in the film. Mm. So a little bit about the film. Afterwards, um, 20th Century Fox bought the American film distribution rights to this film, uh, but due to its violent content, decided to release it through a subsidiary International Classics. Um, the film was cut by eight minutes to obtain an R rating in the United States. Despite all of this, the picture was Fox's seventh highest grossing film of the year. That's wow. pretty damn good. Of course, in 2008, a remake was announced with David Gordon Green as director. However, in 2014, Green dropped out due to budget concerns and legal issues. In September of 2015, filmmaker Luca Guadagno Guadagnino was announced as the new director with Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson added to the cast. Although Guadagnino stated in press conferences that his version was a personal interpretation of the original and not a remake, saying it's impossible to remake Argento's film. I do. I do like Tilda Swinton. Me too. And when I I did see that, when I did see the 
the Suspiria remake, mm-hmm. that's the mindset I put in to watching it. It's like when you watch a sequel to a very good movie, mm. you can't you can't put it on a pedestal. Mm. You just yeah. gotta let it ride. And if you like it, good. If not, then that's the way it is. Yeah. And um, finally, Entertainment Weekly magazine ranked this as the 18th scariest movie of all time. Nice. Yes, and it's also on the 1001 movies you must see before you die by Steven Schneider. Ooh, Very cool. nice. So this movie is definitely worth talking about. Yeah. Yes, and we'll have lots to talk about. So before we get into our review, um, here is the trailer for Suspiria. Roses are red, violets are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of you. Suspiria. You can run from Suspiria. You can hide from Suspiria. Suspiria. But you cannot escape. Suspiria. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92. All right, and that was the trailer for 1977 Suspiria. As we noted earlier, we're kind of doing a little rebranding, revamping all our segments and everything. So this half when we talk about the review of the movie we're not it's not going to be all spoilers but there will be some spoilers and if there are any or we feel that there may be some we'll try to preface it as best as possible yeah so without further ado reanimator rob has chosen this movie for this week so i'll let him start about start this movie thank you sir um so this is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time it's definitely in my top 10 if not my i think it's like a I have to look back, but it's, I think, in my top five. And um, and, and just to give you a little background, a little bit more information on that Suspiria de Profundis um, poetry pose co- uh, collection written by um, De Quincey that we were talking about earlier. Um, so it's basically, you know, the work is a collection of essays in, in prose poetry form and this examination of the process of memory as influenced by hallucinogenic drug use. Um, and, and his Suspiria de Profundis has been described as one of the best known and most direct, distinctive literary works of his era. Um, he conceived of the collection as a sequel to his masterwork, Confessions of an English Opium Eater, um, which was written in 1821. And like that work, the pieces in Suspiria de Profundis are rooted in the visionary experiences of the author's opium addiction. Wow. So just kind of give you an idea of where this movie takes you. <laughs> Like yeah. to Chris's point, it is like a big old acid trip, and um, and it, there's a section in the work called uh, the Vana and Our Ladies of Sorrow, and the piece asserts that just as there are three fates and three graces, there are three sorrows: Our Lady of Tears, Our Lady of Sighs, and Our Lady of Darkness. So the concept is so cool, and now I want to buy that book as well. I was actually just looking at that book online <laughs> as you were talking about it. I'm like, hey, hey, you can get this on Amazon for not a lot of money. Yeah, and, and so like just 
you know, the, the movie starts off with Susie Banyan, played by Jessica Harper. She's arriving in Germany, Germany to attend the prestigious dance, Tans Dance Academy. And when she arrives, there's a downpour, and she arrives at the school by taxi, and she can see another student, Pat Hangel, fleeing the building in a panic. And she hears, um, she hears like the girl shouting to someone behind the door, and there's all this thunder going on, and, and Pat runs away, and then Susie tries to get access on uh, into the school by um, talking to Intercom, and basically they're like, go away, go away, and she's unable to get access to the school, so she goes back into the cab, and then while mm. she's riding back in the cab, she looks over and sees um, Pat, like, running in this in the forest, and... Which was such a cool shot, it, like, yeah. really was. visually very, very and, aesthetic. And you had, like, the <laughs> goblin music, and, and just... You know the 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 tone is set right from the beginning. Their music is like so impactful. Like I was like, whoa! You it's, know, I felt it. It's like a dark, whimsical music. Yeah, it is. It's like an evil Disney. Like <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. That's a like, great way to I mean? describe it's like evil it. Evil Disney music. That is a very good description, Christopher. Um, so then Pat like flees to her friend Sony's apartment, and she's like, "Big deal! You got kicked out of school." And and she's like, "No, it has nothing to do with that." And and, mm. and and she's like, I saw something so absurd and fantastic, but she won't go into any details. And, and then um, she's basically like, I want to get the hell out of here as quick as I can. But I think she's staying the night and she's in the bathroom and and she's just kind of creeped out and she sees these eyes in the window. And as she goes to investigate, you have this like big old hairy hand coming out. That's like just so pressing. freaky. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like almost like human, but not human. And then. Like pressing her face up against the glass, and um, and then her, you know, the door is locked, so her friend Sony is trying to get in, and and uh, basically Pat gets murdered. But um, there's one scene where, and this is a spoiler. Um, so when she she's gets stabbed multiple times, but they actually have a scene where like you can see like a beating heart, heart with yeah. a knife going <laughs> oh, into that it. That was so and freaky. I'm like, I've never seen this before. But and also, you notice when. When she's on top of that stained glass window, which is so famous oh, in yeah. this movie, like her head looks like it warps kind yeah. of as it's getting pressed into the window. Ugh. Yeah. So the killer basically like rigs after she's after she, Pat, poor Pat gets stabbed multiple times. He gets like she gets like uh, the, the killer lies her across the stained glass window like it's some sky skylight it's really pretty it's like really very colorful and the whole apartment building is very colorful i mean yeah. it's like just beautiful it's like a work of art in mm. itself and pat crashes through the stained glass <laughs> window and she gets hung basically um because there's a rope at the end of it yeah and, and you know and then it's goodbye pat and then um they show sonia underneath and she basically was uh killed by all the uh, debris um and she's got huge pieces of like stained metal, glass stained glass and, in yeah. her face and there's that that like jointed piece of metal both ends are like stabbing her one in the face and the other in the torso yeah it's it, it's it, crazy it's oh yeah so yeah so this like all happens like right in the beginning which is like so i'm a little bit more used to like the build-up of you know yeah. like a normal kind of build up and like older movies i've noticed just kind of throw you <laughs> in but like i was for it i was like wow this is all happening but yeah that it was like you could feel when she was in like the bathroom 
the eyes, you know, or whatever, yeah. like in that scene. Ugh, it was very spooky. I think with today and the um, the people born in the 90s and, mm. you know, <laughs> n- nothing against people born in the 90s. Yeah. Attention spans are like so small. That's fair. So <laughs> I feel like in order to be invested, you need a background. Whereas earlier movies, like you get thrown into the universe and you and sh- people you figure it out wider attention spans so they were like yeah. ooh and they're like actually investing into what's going on whereas yeah. today like some people like they'll like i'm done it's like trying to explain a card game to them like yeah. i'm out and like that that's annoying to me i guess <laughs> I like, just... just give me two minutes like, right. but, but like i, I just... like how like you know the art of this film and just how intense it gets right away and then it's yeah. calm yeah so i i'm just like i guess i'm so used to the like kind of natural arc of like a, a like a horror film but like yeah it definitely right. you know it got me like whoa what the heck just happened and then it was like, in the next couple scenes it kind of explains it was it. like brutal and yeah. graphic and gruesome and and, and beautiful and all beautiful, at the same time like, right <laughs> from the beginning it had so much impact and, and color and color and and I mean, it was just this movie was basically like we ain't effing around right from the start. Yeah, and, and then so when Susie, you know, she's able to go to the school the next day, and and she meets Madame Blank and and Miss Tanner, um, who's like an instructor, and Madame Blank is like the vice president of the academy, and and they're like, oh, we were expecting you yesterday, and 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 she's like, well, you know, somebody turned me away at the door, and 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 um, they're like, well, welcome, glad you're here, and then um, uh, the police are there talking to Madame Blank about. Pat's death and, mm. um, and, and Susie overhears this and she's like oh I, I think I saw her last night and um, Mrs. Tanner's basically like well come you know we have things for you to do and um, and then you, you meet some other people like uh, Plavos like the, the weird looking handyman. He and, uh, scared the shit out of me. I saw hit one look at him and I was like oh my god he's terrifying. <laughs> I don't and know why. Meet, <laughs> and then you meet Daniel the blind piano accompanist uh, with his uh, guard uh, with his guide dog and they basically tell her like oh your room isn't ready and um you can stay with um your your um fellow student olga and so they're they're in the changing room and Susie gets to meet all the other girls and yeah they're not too friendly and uh, olga and sarah they're basically don't get along Mm. and uh and then um you know, they're like going back and forth and you're like, Oh, what a nice way to <laughs> welcome yeah. you to the school. And, yep. and, um, and then, and then, so when Susie goes to stay with Olga, you know, they're getting along and, and then they're also talking about just what happened to poor Pat and, and, uh, and then Susie has a flashback and she's like, I remember her saying a couple words and, and the word secret and Iris and, and Olga's like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? And so, um, and, and again, even Olga's room, like the wallpaper and that. So pretty. Just everything about this movie is just the detail and the art. And, uh, and, and, and it was just like, wow. Like, and, but yeah, even like the wallpaper was beautiful, but I also even felt like there was something sinister about her room. Like I just kind of got this yeah, her, vibe. Yeah. Her like a, apartment wallpaper was like kind of like a black and white sort of design and it's like you know it's like beautiful but also kind of had like a weird 
feeling it, to yeah. it. It kind of resembled her character in a way. It did, didn't it? Yeah, like, Olga, like, like Olga's her black like, hair, black yeah. eyeliner, and everything. And, and she's she kind seemed kind of mean. catty. Like yep. she owns a lot of cats. Yeah, both <laughs> friendly, but she could turn on you like a hooded cobra right yeah. from the beginning. Because yeah. everything's about money there. Yeah. They and were like, I don't think they were so so much mean as just blunt right off the bat. They're like, hey, yeah. things here. Do you, you like if you have money, you can do stuff. If not, then whatever. Yeah, and yeah. in that locker room scene, Olga Olga was saying. Sarah and Susie like you know they say that people named with with S names are snakes yeah and then she's like hissing at Sarah (laughs) and then Sarah's sticking her tongue out at her yeah but so you're like right away there's some candy yeah oh definitely and um and this is so, a ballet school, by the way. Yeah, yeah, or right. They called it like the school of arts or t- whatever, yeah. too. But it's mostly like dance is like the big, you know, subject of their studies. Yeah, <laughs> and then like so, Susie, you know, she's she's back at school the next day, and and um, she sees Madame Blank before classes, and she's like, "Hey, your room's ready." And she's like, "Well, I'd I'd rather live with Olga if it's okay off campus." And Madame Blank is like. Um, kind of offended by it and, right. and some words are exchanged and, and she walks away in a, a huff and Mrs. Tanner um, in her German accent she's like I, I never know you were so strong willed <laughs> and um, so on the way to class Susie's kind of like walking down the hall by herself and then you see like um, one of the cooks and creepy Albert like the nephew <laughs> Madame Blank's creepy nephew he is dressed creepy. like a, I don't know with those the outfit with the high socks and the yeah. you know that and and the, the cook is, um, you know, polishing. It's, it looks like silver, but it's, like, not. It looks like a crystal, and this, like, mm-hmm. light shines in Susie's face, and, and immediately she begins to feel feel ill. And so the pressure's on because this is, like, Susie's first, like, class, and, yeah. and Mrs. Tanner's like, you know, I want to see what you can do. And she's like, I don't feel good, and, and, and they keep, like, pressing her. And so um, Susie passes out, and, and then they show her, like just bleeding from her nose and her mouth and it's a very bright red yeah i definitely so like the blood in this movie is of a different shade of red than what i'm kind of used to i guess if i watch dawn of the dead it's a similar color too okay it's very comic book like it is that's what tom savini um wanted when he did dawn of the dead yeah yeah still gruesome but like oh definitely like just the fluorescentness of yeah, of that blood color. very bright. And, and then so Susie, you know, she she's back at school, you know, uh, she's on a restricted diet that includes like fruits, cheeses and, and a glass of red wine. Yeah, they <laughs> they oh, no. uh, Olga was very quick to like have her stuff brought to the school since she, you know, they thought, oh, it's best if we keep you here. Yeah. yeah. Some friend. huh? Right. And then so she's like befriending <laughs> Susie and. And um, they're, they're, she's, like, combing her hair, and all of a sudden she feels something, and she looks in her comb, and there's, like, a maggot or something, and it turns out there's maggots coming from the ceiling, Ugh. and it's, like, wicked gross. Like, there's a girl with, like, maggots on her face, and, and they go up to the attic, and, and apparently there's some spoiled food. So it's, like, sleepover time in the gym, and all the girls are, are sleeping in the gym with some of the faculty. And, yep. and um, when they shut the lights off, again, that just the... It's so cool. The whole room is like this reddish pink, and then you have this white sheet. and There's silhouettes behind the silhouettes sheet. Silhouettes, and it's so artistic. And, and 
And then um, they go to sleep, and then you hear this, like, person. You see the silhouette of a person going to sleep behind them, and it's this person is, is um, sleeping very nasally, um, kind of like how I sleep without my CPAP machine. Um, yeah, snoring. Like whispering <laughs> and snoring and making all sorts of weird sounds. And, like, like a very, faint whistle. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's very creepy. And, and Sarah's like, Susie, wake up. Do you hear that? And, and um, she's like, the last time I heard that sound when I was in a, she was sleeping in another room. Um, she heard it like in the room next to her, and and um, and then she was told the next day that the it was that the directress or the president of the academy, the directress mm. was um, was visiting the school, and so she's like, it's got to be her. And but apparently, everybody at the academy was like, no, she's out of town, she's on traveling abroad, and and so yeah, right there's you know um, Sarah's like are they lying to us about the directors being in the school and, and cast a, a, a shadow of doubt? And, um, but it's like a distinct raspy whistling snore. And, and it, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that like, you know, the, there's say that they're saying like the staff and faculty are like also staying. And then I think Susie asked like, Oh, do they like live on campus? And I think Sarah's like, no, they live in town. Like, you know, I don't know. There's yeah. just like a lot of red flags going on and right uncertainty yeah. at this school, like developing in the scene. So, yeah. So they, you know, Susie's like, oh, the directors must be here. And, and, um, you know, and, and, and so, uh, Sarah asks Miss Tanner the next morning if the directors was there the night before sleeping in the gym. And Mrs. Tanner says, no, like she's out of town. Like we said before. And, um, as classes start, Madame Blank's young nephew Albert is attacked by Daniel's guide dog, and so there's there's some heated words exchanged. Um, Mrs. Tanner and, and Daniel get into it, and, and Mrs. Tanner basically throws his ass out the door, and, and he's like, "I'm blind, not deaf." Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Get out, get out!" And you're like, "Wow!" And he's like, "You bitch!" And mm, yeah, it didn't yeah. go over well. Where are they no. gonna now? Who's gonna play the piano? Right. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of pianists in the area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so that night, um, Susie eats her meal and, and Sarah comes into her room and they, and they listen while the teacher supposedly leaves. However, Susie and she's like kind of an she's sedated like she's been like taking drinking the wine and taking some, I think, medication or something. And and, and Susie. But she's like noticing even in her <clears throat> sedated state, that the footsteps are going away from the front door. Therefore, the teachers are not leaving the school at all, but going someplace inside. And Sarah begin, begins to wonder where they go. And then Susie like becomes extremely drowsy, and, and Sarah starts taking out a notebook and writes down the number of footsteps that the instructors walk by. So then it's yeah. like the mystery is on. It's, yeah. it's like this, you know, where do they go at night? And was the directress really here? And... and do they really leave the school? And and so um, then we go to Daniel, uh, Daniel, who's at the bar. That's some bar. Um, and he's walking his uh, guide dog, and he's in, like, this piazza. And the dog stopped kind of, like, freaking out. And um, You start hearing, uh, like, a, a noise, like a some it was it's another one of those like Whispers. gibberish whispering yeah. yeah and like the sounds. dog is barking so dan daniel's like freaking out because obviously he can't see right. so he's like what are you barking at he's blind and he's like who's there and he's yep. like scared you can hear the you know how scared he is yes and, and then you see like these shadows um 
running by the piazza, which has those like pillars, and then this, you know, they show the gargoyles on the, on the building, and and again another great like just scene with like all the landscape at yeah. night with the dark piazza, and then all of a sudden you have this calmness where the dog is just kind of looking pretty chill, and then spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> the dog reach grabs, I mean jumps up and and grabs Daniel's neck and bites him in the neck and Daniel falls and then the dog and I I mean it was really creative again another shock surprise I wasn't expecting that me either that's his dog yeah and then they show the dog like ripping apart his neck and and they just show him like not 100% in view so you just get that glimpse of the dog like tearing at the neck like like you see pieces and blood and so uh, gross yeah and then like two um like police officers officers, like somehow chase him away but oof not good not a good way to go another like another like just another like graphic gruesome death and this is what i like about this movie is that not a lot of people get killed in this movie, but when they get it, they get it good, and the death is original, and it's creative. Yeah. And and, and sometimes if you think you know what's going to happen, something else happens. Yep. Yeah. And and then so, like, Susie's, like, freaked out. You know, she's like, I just got to the school, and, like, two people are dead. and, and <laughs> Seriously. And she's, like, telling Miss Tanner, you know, listen, hey, I'm, like, I mean, sorry, not Miss Tanner, but Madame Blank. She's, like, mm. I'm a little concerned, and... And um and and she starts talking to her about the words that she remembers Pat saying like secret and iris and so Madame Blank um picks up the phone um to say like oh, I'm gonna notify the police and then kind of just cuts to Susie and Pat in the pool yeah. and Susie and Sarah I'm sorry Susie and but, Sarah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, um. and and Susie uh, Sarah's like oh, I can't believe he did that and she basically tells. Susie that um you know that Susie and Pat they were friends and that she was the one in the intercom who refused Susie entry inside the school the night Pat was yeah. murdered and yeah. Sarah tells Susie now you put them on the hunt for somebody and, and Sarah reveals that Pat was behaving strangely before her death and had been taking notes for months about strange occurrences at the academy and Pat gave Sarah the notes before fleeing the academy and Sarah tells Susie she has only told one other person about the notes, a man named Dr. Frank Mendel, who's in town for a conference. Mm-hmm. And so that re- that's like another big reveal that yeah. Yeah. there's something going on in the school. And now um, Susie's like kind of in on it. Yeah. And a so, very nice indoor pool, too, by the way. <laughs> I want to go swimming in that pool. Well, yeah, know, very right? nice. And so, so later that night, um, when 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 Sarah goes to retrieve the notes to show Susie, she's frightened because they're, they're gone. They're stolen. And, and she's like frantic. And, and um, she tries to wake Susie up. Who's like, she's drugged. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, she's, she's it's no. gotta be in <laughs> the wine, man. She's down for the count. Yeah. yeah. And so she begins to hear his footsteps. And again, this is another scene. Like, those creepy doorways. I'm sorry, they're creepy. And they oh, can, they are. Oh, they are. You can see, like, they're just evil looking. There's like a, a it's like a um, frosted glass yeah. window pane at the top of every door. Yeah. You know, and so the so. light changes from like to a green, and and she knows somebody's coming for her. So she yeah she bails, and then they have like the the camera shot of somebody going into Susie's room while she's passed out, and um, she escapes to the attic, and again another cool scene where sarah's in the attic and she's like by this weird like glass door that's like does something open a crack and you can see 
like it there's like a light glowing and and then somebody comes out and like slashes her face and she breaks all this glass and she runs into a room and she latches the door and and then this person's trying to get in with like the with the the razor um, it's such a it's... long scene i'm like oh come on just go up and oh i i was like getting frustrated <laughs> for the person chasing her because of like yeah so it's like a knife or some sort of flat spatula that they're trying to like I mean, get the lock up uh, yeah sarah's doing what she was supposed to do how did they miss usually you, so many you're, times you're yelling at the person running away you're like come on man like you just need to lift that latch in this scenario i was with like the person chasing her i was like come on you gotta yeah lift it up I think oh my they god they were putting much effort into it no. or they were just like tormenting her no. you know but, and, it's and like... then in the meantime she's stacking like suitcases cause then there's like this really she high window she light, sees yeah. yeah and a really high window and yeah she's so she's... while yeah while that person is it dicking was... around with the latch not getting anywhere <laughs> it was just such a cat and mouse game yeah she's stacking the suitcases and, and... and then she gets up on the suitcases and to the window and she sees like a cross the room that there's a door at the other end and it's open and there's light and it's like oh she's gonna get away and then she jumps into the room and spoiler it's filled with barbed wire such, like, all the razor so, wire all ew. wheels and reels of wire such a weird thing to keep in your attic but it's, okay it's, it's it looks like basically a giant slinky with razors just got was a room was filled with it all yeah. untangled and all over the place and like she i I was. Ooh. I felt for her. I'm like, oh my god, she can't make any moves without pain being inflicted or uh, re-inflicted, yeah. and it's just like she she's also trapped. tangled in it. So it's Ugh, not like and you're yeah. like, I'm gonna get out of here. Like, no, she. It's yeah. It's she's just, just a bushel of razors. Yeah, she's it's not rolling like it around in it. Generated. I mean, this this actress was really in that. It wasn't barbed, but I yeah. mean, apparently they did it in one take, and it was really horrible for her to be in that shit. Ugh. And. Like, can you imagine? Like, no. I would want good money to do that. <laughs> oh, for sure. But oh, yeah. Again, another like surprise. Another, and you like weren't expecting it, and and it's, again, just yeah. so original and gruesome. And then so she's kind of like tang untangling her way, and she gets to the end of the near the door, and then the killer's there and and slashes her throat, and it's just like this close up like slash. Yeah, this I look of like on her face again, was, like just yeah, gross and. And just shocking, and yeah. and you're like, wow, like again, and another. She went out with a bang. Yeah, I will say when she climbed through the window, it reminded me in Halloween two when Jamie Lee climbed through oh, the window. Yeah. I was just thinking the same. Right, thing. it was very similar. So I thought it, that was cool. They probably Easter egg Halloween two. Yeah, oh, maybe, yeah, sure. definitely. Um, yeah. So then, like the next day, um, Susie's like. With Sarah and like she she took off she's gone she left without saying anything and 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 Susie's not buying it and um and, and then she's kind of like the jig is up you know she she dumps all her food out and her wine and the wine and she pours it down the sink and it's like it looks like blood, blood I mean, yeah it's I was a little confused at that scene too I'm like did you have like a cup of blood like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was some thick wine they, they vampires and <laughs> I guess all the other students are gone and they're at some like uh, like um, performance in town or something some show and mm. and and, um, and then she she tries to, to call uh, so then yeah she she goes to meet up with this um, dr. Mandel and um, and in <clears throat> in uh, 
and he turns out to be Sarah's psychologist, and he tells Susie that Sarah became trouble, troubled when a friend put the notion of witches in her head, and, and that Sarah also learned that the school was founded by Helena Marcos, a Greek, Greek immigrant who people thought was a witch, and Marcos was persecuted wherever she went, and she was found, and she founded the school for the study of occult sciences and arts. And, and however, Marcos died in a fire, and the school was passed down in her by, down to her favorite pupil, mm. who, who turned it into a dance academy. And Susie talks to a colleague of Doctor Mandel, who specializes in witches, the Professor Milius, who explains to Susie that witches are negative forces that change events only to do harm, and their goal is to gain personal wealth that can only be achieved by injury to others and he also tells her that a coven of witches can only do magic with the power of their queen otherwise they're harmless and again that's a pretty good especially like when you have like the science fiction movies where you have mm. like everybody will turn back to normal if you can kill the queen bee and right and um <laughs> and again another cool scene because now you're getting into like the backstory and and Susie's like, I think yeah. I felt like I know all this before because and and to go back real quick, there's a when Susie's like passed out um, earlier in the movie, um, Sarah's like, Do you believe in witches? So she's already kind of mm. processed it to some right. level, but yeah. not all the way. Kinda like, like when hap- when something happens while you're sleeping and you're dreaming about it. It's like in you your subconscious. I mean? yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I yeah, I agree. But the other thing I like about that scene, too, is that it kind of breaks up the movie a little bit. Like, yeah. it takes you out of that Fantasia-esque horror that you've been seeing the first, like, couple of acts of the movie. And then now you're, like, in front of, like, a building. It's daylight out. Because most of them, well, yeah, there's only a couple scenes where it's daylight. But, like, even, like, when, like, the cook and, um, what's his name? Uh, Alfred? Albert. 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 Um, gets attacked by... Um, gets attacked by the dog. Like even the building itself has like that reddish color. So it's like a very rich and deep like magenta. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. And, and I um, you bring up a very good point. It's kind of like she's in the real world again. Yeah. And and and, yeah. and and I like there's a scene where they show her, show her and the the doctor like reflection on the on the glass building and it's very like distorted and um it's like it was definitely another good like artistic effect so yeah. i apologize i kind of jumped ahead this is the scene where she dumps out all her food and all the students yep. are gone and so she realizes she still has a note left by sarah um counting all the footsteps so she's following the path of the footsteps and and this, you know, she she sneaks by a couple of cooks, and um, and and she comes into the office that she was in earlier when she was talking to Madame Blank, and it's this beautiful like room with a an elaborate grotto, like a, like murals, mural, yeah. yeah. And, and there's like these flowers, and then and and she's like, "There's no way out. There's gotta be like this is." And and this is the the car. There's a, it's carpeted too, so that explains why the steps, the sound of the, the steps stopped. And mm-hmm. but they had to go somewhere. So then she has that flashback to Pat saying, you know, about the iris and, yeah. and the secrets and the are secret. behind so the iris. The secret. And again, another turn spoiler. the blue one. I saw behind the door three irises. Turn the blue one. And, and for me, that gave me like chills. And especially because she's looking at the wallpaper from a mirror, so it's like 
reverse and there's like a red iris, a yellow iris. And she says three irises, but there are actually four flowers. And there's a white one, a yellow one, a red one, and a blue one. Hmm. And she's able to turn the blue one and a secret door opens. Yeah. And I'm it like, even like spooks her too. It's like pop. And, and I'm like, that is so <laughs> fucking cool. I'm sorry. I want that in my house. <laughs> Just turn the iris and yeah i am like great you know she that's awesome she she's solving the puzzle right so again there's there's also like this mystery to solve behind it and so now she's she's going down this like black hallway with like gold i think it's like gold like lettering that looks very latinish and and, yeah and and she's hiding behind this like curtain and she sees the entire apparently it's a witch's coven albert pablo miss tanner and the school staff meeting with Madame Blank, who is sitting on a throne, and and they're discussing basically how they're going to get rid of Susie. And she's like, "You need to kill that bitch of an American girl." And I'm mm. like, "Wow, uh-huh. she's not so nice after all." Right. And so they're like, they're basically conducting a a black mass ritual, and 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 it's like she Madame Blank eats this communion wafer and says, "Queen Helena, give me power." And like death, 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 and all this yeah, stuff. Sickness and, must come on, come upon her. Yeah, right. She must disappear forever. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then so, of course, that creepy kid Albert, like, says that like, basically like whispers to to pa- Pablo so like he he thinks somebody's there. And so she, uh, Susie's backing away, and she see she comes across um Sarah's body, and she's like. Really fucked up looking. I mean, it's, it's just, very mutated. Like oh she has push pins into her eyes. Yeah. Like yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just in crazy. other spots it's as well. So creepy. And, yeah, it's. Oof. And so she finds this other room, and it's like a, a bedroom, and it's it's actually it's a black. It's like all black. Yep. But it's also like really pretty and decorative, and yeah. yeah. And there's a white curtain. And a white curtain with a silhouette. With a behind. silhouette. With snoring really badly, making the same sounds that that she person made at the gym, mm. and and then so like Susie immediately was like, "All right, like this has got to be the directress," and and she goes to leave, and Pablo's is in the hall, and she backs up and she hits that peacock with the crystal plumage, and and um, Helena wakes up and she's like, "Oh, is it?" Oh, yeah. it's there. <laughs> oh, it's you, the American girl. You want to kill Elena Marcos, huh? <laughs> and then, you know, and 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 then, uh, and she and she knocks over the crystal plumage, and she picks one of those up, and and she tries to um, stab Helena, but she's like, when she pulls the sil- uh, the curtain back, she's gone. Yeah, There's nothing there. And she's like, you want to kill me? Kill me? And then, and then, um, uh, and she's like, you tried to kill Elena Marcos, and then she's like, <laughs> there's another door there, and she's like. Hell is behind that door. You're gonna meet death now, the the <laughs> living dead. And then yeah. Sarah comes out. And yes, she's like, like a, a zombie, zombie slave. slave with a knife, and she's like, <laughs> and it's really it's creepy. creepy. Yeah, and 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 then like there's there's a thunderstorm going on, and, and it's like a flash of lightning, and and Susie sees. Um, like, like a glowing outline of yeah, Helena on Helena. the bed. And she just goes for it and stabs. Helena and, and it reaches right into her neck and then she appears and her physical form her physical form and she's haggard she's dirty she looks green green and blackish and, and gross and ugh. really like long black f- and old like a decaying witch like a you decaying would yeah. burnt like, witch stereotypically yep. see and like clawing at like Susie's face and 
And then everything starts like exploding and she flees and then she, she comes across the, the coven and they're all, like, all bleeding. So now that yeah. the queen has been killed and she um, she's running out of the, the school and everywhere she goes, I mean, the doors are blowing up. The wind is like howling yeah. too. And she, she, you know, everything's starting to just walls are ripping apart, doorknobs are blowing up and, yep. and the front doors like rip open and she reaches the exit and she walks out into the rain as the academy burns behind her. And then she smiles cryptically as she walks away from the s- school. And this is interesting. I didn't think about this before. Perhaps she is simply happy to have escaped or perhaps as the legend goes that whoever kills a witch inherits her power. Ooh. Very cool. Ooh. And then roll credits. And then it says you have seen, watched, just seen <laughs> Suspiria. Suspiria. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always very cool. Yes. Um, a couple quick notes. So, sure. Um, apparently, it's rumored that Helena Marcos, even though she wasn't credited, according to Jessica Harper, she was a 90-year-old former prostitute who Dario Gento found on the streets of Rome. Who knows if that's true? I did wow. read that one. <laughs> that's funny. And apparently, um, Daria Nicolodi's grandmother, who she had claimed to flee a, a German music academy because whip, witchcraft was being secretly practiced there. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true. Like, I think Dario Argento said that was alleged. And and um, and apparently, like, the film's finale was also inspired by co-writer Daria Nicolodi. Her dreams, Dario Nicolodi's dreams, um, where she had encountered an invisible witch and most bizarrely there was a panther in the room where that was that suddenly exploded so and i have to go back and rewatch this when the dream was written into the film is a porcelain panther that explodes Hmm. yeah so i gotta rewatch that um and obviously like when all that stuff is like exploding around her jessica harper said she was pretty much scared for her life <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if pyrotechnics With were fine tuned in the seventies, but things were like blowing yeah. up. Yeah, and um, and so another th- gay and lesbian angle that I wanted to just briefly run by you guys. Sure. Um, which I did not know. So in an interview for Xavier Mendick's book Bodies of Desire and Bodies in Distress, director Dario Argento reveals that he felt the female-centric movie could be viewed as a lesbian story. He said, I wasn't primarily interested in the theme of motherhood, but rather in women's lives. In fact, if you want to give a deeper reading of the film, it can be seen as a vaguely lesbian story where lesbianism has has a certain importance or more precisely where the relationship between women are sometimes about lesbian nature and are characterized by power struggles. There aren't any male characters to speak of in the film and there was power relations between there are all power relations between women. And I'm like, hmm, that is a good perspective. Yeah. And um, American Book Award winner uh, for poetry, Kevin Killian, published the Argento series in 2001, referencing the director's horror movies as a metaphor for coping with illness and to reflect on the horror of the AIDS crisis. In an interview, Acker suggested that, quote, Argento's films perform allegorical functions for the way that AIDS works in the body and in the social system. So this author, this award-winning poet, wrote a a collection all based on Argento's movies. Oh, wow. For him to be able to come to terms with, as a a gay person, dealing with loved ones around him struggling with AIDS. So I I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah. And uh, now I want to find that collection of poems. Yeah. Probably going to be like 
probably kind of be hard to find. I don't think it's one of those mass published no. type of things. But I think the point is is that this movie has a lot of symbolism for and a lot of meaning to a lot of people. And for me, like this is everything about this movie resonates. Like as the music, the landscape, the artwork, the special makeup effects, the mystery, the suspense, all of it. Yeah. A1 all the way, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched this movie just based on one, I was when I was starting to get into giallos, um I was very big into Lucio Fulci. Of course, after watching Zombie, technically Zombie 2, or Zombie Flesh Eaters. So whenever we um, review that movie, we're going to go over that insanity of what it's named. <laughs> but um, if you know that movie, like I, I really liked how he shot that. And then I ended up finding the, um, the uh, Gates to Hell trilogy. Oh, yeah. Which is another great um, few films by Lucio Fulci. Mm. Um, it's all about someone finding the gate to hell. Um, the cemetery, um, there's a house by the cemetery, which is the third one. Mm. Um, there's the beyond, which is the second one. And then the first one is the city of the dead. Oh, nice. So when I got into him, then I was like, Oh, who, what else is there to see? And then I saw Dario Argento. I'm like, Oh, Suspiria. That looks really cool. Cause I saw the shirt I'm wearing, like this, this logo <laughs> of the great. woman dancing with the blood, uh, trailing behind her. And I watched that. And that's when I was like. I love Lucio Fulci, but I'm like, Dario is my favorite Giallo director. Yeah, mine too, for sure. I mean, there's just, I don't know, there's, there's like three movies in my top ten, I think. Phenomena mm. is like my favorite movie of all time. This yeah, is my so first warping, Giallo, but I, I enjoyed so it very much. what did you think much. of it? Yeah, I really, so like, like I said, I'm not used to being thrown into like movie, like the storyline, I guess, but I'm coming to enjoy it because it kind of does like get your attention right up front um and then everything kind of settles and then stuff starts happening um but yeah i really enjoyed it like in the school like the different colors are like very visually stimulating like Mm. there's there's this one hallway that's like black and red and it's like very sensual Mm. and like there's definitely like a lot oh like the big they have, like, this big, like, staircase in, like, the main entryway that's very, like, imposing. And it's just, like, a really visually, um, like, very, stimulating very movie. Grandiose. Yeah. And it's very colorful. And, mm. yeah. And even, like, this in the beginning where she's in the cab and there's, like, different lights, like, kind mm. of flashing on her, like, face. Like, it's very colorful. And, yeah. It's just, like, a very pretty movie it's it very, pretty. very pretty yes. <laughs> yeah pretty and bloody yes <laughs> the blood is very bright red <laughs> and I, I there's so many things about this movie like just again like you know this for me like it's just the whole artistic direction of this movie is so well done and, yeah and for me like i i'll always be a fan yeah i sure. really liked it i think this is one of those movies too that proves that less is more yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, you don't have a high kill count, right? For nope. me, a high kill count isn't important. Like, you can slash bodies up all day long, but if it's yeah. the same, like, machete to the throat type of thing, or. Right. But, like, all the deaths are, are are very unique. They stand out. Like, I don't think I've ever seen another movie where somebody jumps into a pit of barbed wire or gets mm. shredded 
in the neck by their dog like in a surprise attack or like gets hung from a ceiling with the stained glass stuff like I don't think I've ever seen a, a, another movie where somebody was like impaled by a beautiful stained glass like it's, no yeah <laughs> like the framing and every ugh. it's Poor frightening girl. yet artistic it and is. beautiful all at the same time it's it's a weird blend of things yeah Italians man they know how to do it <laughs> that's right so uh, shall we get to the rating portion of this movie? You Hell guys have yeah. any other final thoughts on it? I think that's pretty much sums it up. But yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to rate. Okay, as always, as, as we do our ratings, um, five gravestones means this movie is great. I would buy and watch over and over. Four, this movie is really good. Would watch again. Three, this movie is good. Should see it at least once. Two, the movie is okay. Maybe it's not good, but it's more of a rental so rent it if you want to it's more of a cautious rental i would say yeah uh one the movie's just simply not for you so yeah rob i'll start with you what do you what do you think about this movie <laughs> i'll give this movie a six no you can't do that <laughs> that's too many gravestones five 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 <laughs> baby all day long perfect love this movie nice i'm gonna give it a four a four right. yeah I Any deeper it. thought about the four? I just, um, I really liked, yeah, like I talked about how like visually it's very colorful and very like, a, like appeasing and the aesthetic of the school is very intriguing. Right. And then I just like how there's kind of like a, a mix of, you know, different cultures kind of like in like the yeah. movie, like Miss Tanner's German it's and like then, an international. Yeah. Film. You know, <laughs> um, and it's, there, it's kind of an interesting contrast between like ballet and then like underneath there's like a coven of witches that are also like at the same, you know, yeah. it's like a weird like compare and contrast in a way. And if you watch uh, yeah. the new, the, the, the 2000, the re- I, I definitely want to check it out. I think it's 2017, 16 or 17, something like the that. remake of Suspiria. I'll just say it that way. Um, you learn a lot more about the witches in right. that one. So Ooh. it it's it it's um it's it's crazy. It's very political between the uh, coven. Which oh, is, I which bet. Gets it really is. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's something you. I think you should rewatch. I do. With right. a different light. <laughs> I do. I'm so I want to just rewatch it, but you should see it. I want to so watch it. Now yeah. that you've seen the original, watch. I gotta rewatch. Definitely. It. Yeah. I have to reset my brain on on expectations for that. Yeah. <laughs> So I love this movie. It's uh, definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's up there. It's a movie that I wonder why I don't even own a physical copy of it sometimes, but yeah. I definitely should. Um, I'm giving the movie a 4.5. Yay. Nice. So. That's easy math. As yeah. we do our ballet <laughs> step, we uh, get rid of the blind pianist, divide <laughs> by three, and uh, we give Suspiria a solid 4.5 stones. Awesome. Woo. Well deserved. Very well deserved. All right. So I yeah, I can't wait to watch the trilogy. I mean, I saw the second one, and now I gotta watch that third one. And I'm kind of curious to know what took him so long to do the third one because there's a big time gap. Um, no idea. I yeah. mean, I'm, I know Dario Gento's made so many films, yeah. so it, it could be just a time thing, or yeah. maybe he just decide to do the project then. Yeah. yeah, I'll just I'm just curious to see like how the third one fares against the first two. Yeah. Second one was good. Yeah, I can't wait for you to watch it if you haven't seen it. Inferno? Yeah. It's been a while. I've yeah. seen Inferno, but it's been a while. I'll have to watch that yeah. one too. I think oh, you'll yes. get a kick out of it. 
So now that we've rated and reviewed Suspiria, let's move on to another fun topic. I'm wondering what Meg the Mortician's undertaking question of the week is. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? It's Meg the Mortician here, here with the undertaking question of the week. And so my question for you, gentlemen, this week is, what role would you like to play in a horror movie and why? That is so easy for me. <laughs> the final boy or the final girl. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, any any yeah. role. I don't care if I go first, if I'm the final, or if I'm the killer. I just I just think it would be cool to be in a horror movie. Yeah. Altogether. I think there's so many upsides to who you could play. Um, I'd be open to doing either one. I don't think I'd be like the main protagonist personally, but mm-hmm. I feel like I would be like the sidekick best friend, if anything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that person that like you don't expect to die, but then they like like almost like the Janet Lee from Psycho. What are like, you saying? No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> like that, you know, like wow, or Drew Barrymore, like one of those roles where like the, like just, you know, they they get killed in the first twenty minutes, but it's like they go out with a bang and yeah, that would be good. I feel like I would like to be the the final girl, but I feel like realistically I might be. Someone who has sex in a horror movie and then gets murdered. So <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I'd love to be a final girl. I think that'd be awesome. Um, but then, yeah, I'd like to be a killer too, I think. You know? Or I'd yeah. like to be like a twist ending killer. Like no one expected me to be the killer. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, it was Meg the whole oh, time. Goodness. That yeah. would be so cool. Oh, yeah. Like, she really is the mortician. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Now I oh. want to like, yeah. I know. We should look if there's any horror movies being filmed and just sign up to, as extras. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be fun. great. Yeah. Oh I would love that. Oh. If anybody's listening, we want... We want to be an extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have face shots, but... Um, no. But we, we'll try to put some... We can get that. some. Yeah. yeah. I know a guy. You know yeah. a guy? Yeah. Right, and then this me, is where I murder you both. No, give me, like, any part. I'll be, like, deformed humanoid number seven or something <laughs> like that, you know? Then it we, ends up, like, at the end of yeah. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> yeah. where you're, like, just oh, the bellboy for two seconds. And then yeah. It moves on. Like, ooh, that was awesome. I'll take they had to dub over your voice. <laughs> I'll take anything that I can, yeah. Yeah, we will, do, we will do anything. He's just, like, in a store, just, like, awkwardly looking into the camera. and <laughs> <laughs> You know that scene at, like, eight... At, at 88 minutes where like there's a guy like in the distance that you know walks by and that's me so fun fact about so because like lost boys was on like netflix i had watched a video uh on youtube i can send it to you guys but someone who went to the filming locations of the movie so it's in so in the movie it's Santa Carla, but I, it's Santa Cruz, yeah, like where it's actually shot, like the boardwalk and all the other like spots. Um, so the comic book store, like the Frog Brothers yeah. comic book store, the actual owner still owns and works there, and they oh, actually neat. sell the the comic from the movie. Like they made like more like 
like actual little comic books like that was the prop oh, cool. you know what i mean so you can buy one for like 15 bucks or something that's cool and he actually met like the owner and he signed it and he told he was in the movie so there's like a shot where sam walks into the comic book store and he's like i'm facing my back is turned and i'm like like i'm right there you know so like he put like that clip in but yeah i was like oh my god i gotta make it out to santa cruz yeah Yeah. like they have the boardwalk still there and like all the oh it was i'll send you guys the movie it was awesome and like the bridge the bridge where like Mm. they're hanging is actually um not in santa cruz but it's like on the way to los angeles but not Mm. quite but oh my god i would die I want to even that like cave that they're living in. Yeah, that's in Santa Cruz. So you can't really like go in the cave just because of like the tide and everything. But oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should put that in our itinerary. Yeah. (laughs) Do a podcast from Santa Cruz. Hell yeah. That'd be great. And now that we've learned Meg Mortician's question of the week. We're going to move on to Christopher from the Black Lagoon section. And we're going to do a, something different every week that I would like to call Creatures Catch. Ooh. Ooh. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. Okay, so for this week, mm. we're going to do something fun, something a little different. Oh, boy. I have a movie for you. Okay. I'm going to tell you the year the movie came out. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the tagline from the poster. Oh, okay. boy. And you have to tell me what the name of the movie is. Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay. I'll give you both three guesses. Okay. Just to make it fun. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So what 2009's poster has this tagline she's evil and not just the high school evil oh i think i know and what was the year again 2009 i think i know so i'll let rob go first 2009 so i figured you're still beefing up on all the older movies yeah so i decided i appreciate to something that more, <laughs> something a little more recent buffy the vampire slayer no oh. christy swanson from 1992 i think it was that movie this one's 2009. Oh. Meg's turn. Is it Jennifer's Body? It is. I oh. knew it. Megan <laughs> Megan <Jennifer> Fox. <laughs> Anna's, uh, si- or Amanda Seinfeld. 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 Siegfried and Roy. Uh, yes. Oh. oh. I got one. Yay. <laughs> nice. Sorry, that was kind of quick. But I was like, oh, Jennifer's Body. That was a good one. You're smarter than me already. No. <laughs> it's just a newer that's movie. Right. That's why. Next Chris, month, I'll, I'll Chris figure gave something that one up. to me. Yeah. That's all right. Jennifer's Body is a good one, though. That, oh, I don't know if I've seen that. It's what that's happens really when you sacrifice not a virgin. Oh. Mm. oh. Yeah. Um, sure, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, so basically, her and Amanda Siegfried, they go, their characters go to a concert, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Megan Fox's character, she's in love with the band. Little does she know, the band practices oh. Satanism, the occult, yeah, the occult stuff. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a virgin." So like, oh, 
And then so idiots. So she's like a virgin wannabe groupie kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And uh, let's just say all hell breaks loose. Oh, oh it's that so sounds fun. it's so good. It's yeah. a really great movie. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I hope everybody liked the new setup for our yeah. episodes. Yeah. I mean. We've worked really hard on it, so we're going to keep at it and try to make the episodes better from here. Exactly. Um, any final thoughts for tonight? No, I'm just excited to be with you guys and to have a new season. Yeah. We have so many great movies in the pipe. and, uh, and Lots to and look forward to. And, and, and catch of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Creatures catch. Creatures catch. <laughs> Trust the Gordon's fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. I can't wait. I always have fun with you guys. A lot to look forward to in 2022. And thank you to all the so. listeners. Yes, thank yes. you. And of course, with every all the stupid COVID uh, going around, just guys, just be safe out there. Yeah. Yeah, I had a new like verbiage today. It was like Verona Delta Corona Covaria. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a Hana Kwanzaa Christmas it's, it's like thing. a It's like a pep, new Pepto-Bismol commercial. <laughs> if you have heartburn, you know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Know, but yeah God, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so done with it. Ugh, uh, so yeah. depressing. We all are. Yeah. It's a dumb. Let's stay safe out there. Take care yeah. of your friends, your family, your loved ones. Of course. Uh, I'm just glad to be back as well. Uh, it's fun to get back on the saddle with making podcasts with you both again in general um i can't wait to review some of these movies i know i'm excited working on more things to make this season more interesting and so hopefully all that stuff can be revealed in the next month or so um but other than that we're still we're still figuring it out yeah yeah Yeah, so um any shout outs to anybody before we um, no, just shout out to our listeners, you know, our, our regulars again, like Jimmy yeah. Pritchard, Christine Mistretta, um, Christopher Robert Blank, Gaetano Zanelli, Ronnie Content, Ronnie Dan Gacharna, yeah. Brendan DeKemper. Yeah. Thank you for the support. Yes. And thank you for everyone that's followed us on the Facebooks, the Instagrams and all that. Do tell your friends about us. Um, of course, um, if you haven't, you can visit our Facebook and Instagram. Both are at Monster Talk Podcast. Uh, email the Monster Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Again, the Monster Talk Podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Monster Talk NH for New Hampshire. Again, at Monster Talk NH. We are, of course, on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple. Like and give us five stars if you could. We always appreciate the ratings. Um, we are on Audible and Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, po- Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio app. I'm just glad to be doing this again so I can have less tongue ties when I Woo! talk. It's been a bad day. Maybe <laughs> it's tongue just ties when, Tongue ties when you talk. That's very tongue tiny right there. <laughs> I know, and I said that perfectly, yet I'm stumbling over Italian and German words. Oh, and goodness. There's people across the globe laughing at me. I think you did fine. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. So to sign off, this is Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And Reanimate of Rob. And Meg the Mortician. See you guys next Wednesday. This has been Monster Talk. Monster Talk.